ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. It's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Uh, Yes, it is. And here we are. Hoops tonight. We'll get back to that momentarily. Hoops is down at the uh, place of one of the newest uh, lacrosse teams on the women's side of all the country in Clemson, South Carolina. Well, they're not in Clemson yet. God forbid anyone's allowed to stay in Clemson. They're in Greenville. They'll be in Clemson, you know, an hour after they leave the hotel later today. That's neither here uh, nor there. But we'll turn our attention to lacrosse. Uh, men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse is up to number two in the country with the two most impressive wins in the country so far. Uh, men's lacrosse will be hosting North Carolina this Saturday. They're coming off a uh, a closer than uh, a lot of the stats said it should have been lost to uh, Maryland over the weekend. A guy that was there that covered that game that covers many, many lacrosse games is the editor-in-chief of Inside Lacrosse. He is Matt Kinnear. Matt, welcome in. Thanks for hopping on today. Thanks. Always enjoy talking across. One of my favorite things to do. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we know that, Matt, and certainly whenever our paths cross, we do uh, talk lacrosse. As it's usually at a lacrosse game, and uh, you were there down at College Park uh, on Saturday. That that was an interesting game, Matt. It it felt like from a lot of the stats and the faceoff advantage and the ground balls, like a game that Syracuse had no part even remotely being close in. And yet, on the other hand, we're sitting there late in the third quarter, and it was a two goal game. That it was a fascinating game in many ways on Saturday. Yeah, you say weird game, and I agree because, and it felt like Maryland never really, you know, got into that next year and pulled away. But on the other hand, you know, this sounds like it's conflicting. But Syracuse never really felt like they were going to be threatening or make any sort of comeback. And before we know it, it's over, and it's a fifteen, twelve, three goal game. That, like you said, the stats really dictated, you know, a game that Syracuse shouldn't have been in whatsoever. So. Kind of got to give the Orange a lot of credit for, for hanging around, even if they didn't really make it feel like they had a chance of pulling this one out. They still hung with the defending champs the um, entire game. Uh, yeah, and it was a game. Heck, I mean, they were down 3 nothing literally before they had a possession, so they were in a, as uh, tough and early hole as uh, one could have. And, and then part of the reason they've hung in that one and, you know, won the Vermont opener and uh, won the other two games as convincingly as they did is with this very new roster, and we'll get to the offense and Spolina and all that, Will Mark has to be among, if not the most impactful transfer in the country here at this point, four games in. I don't know, Matt, if you're seeing anybody out there playing a better goalie in the country than uh, what Mark's done here to open the season. Yeah, Mark is, is a fascinating player. And, you know, the thing that I think is really interesting and really valuable for, for Syracuse, and someone brought this up in the post game, is the amount of rubber that he's facing and has faced in his career. You know, he played for an LIU team that. He played a little bit fast and loose at times, and he was required to make, you know, I remember a few games where he had upwards of 30 saves, you know, for LIU wins. Mm. So I think that's kind of a luxury that has is, all right, we got a guy that's, you know, used to just seeing a lot of shots. You know, he's not going to get frazzled if, you know, the rubber's coming at him constantly. So that's really a calming factor that, you know, affords them some luxuries on defense. But, you know, you have to give this defense as a whole credit I all saw them last year and saw how, you know, I don't even know what the right word is, uh, confused at times as they looked, unorganized. And you see this defense now, and Mark is certainly a part of why this, this is uh, happening. They just feel so much more composed. They feel so much more organized. And, you know, obviously having the great day Petromala coaching them and, and having that for, you know, more than a full year has paid dividends. But, yeah, Mark is really such a calming influence. And, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be afraid uh, if the ball's coming down 
at him quite a bit, which is going to happen in ACC play coming up here. Uh, yeah, obviously, like Carolina this Saturday, uh, they're not afraid to shoot it a bunch. Duke the week after, they're going to put some rubber on uh, the net, and uh, we know what Virginia can do. That game's not for a minute now, but uh, they'll be uh, flinging some shots at him uh, later on in the season. Matt Kinnear inside lacrosse is our guest, and you know, Matt, we look at this team and so much, it's so new. It is so very new, so different from last year. And there is so much landing on Joey Spelina, isn't there? He's 22. He's the freshman. But he's also, like, already the guy that is the circled guy on scouting reports for the other teams. You see Brett Maycar's on him last weekend. We're in the Maryland number one. Like, he's going to get the, the number one guy every week. This is, this is a lot on a freshman, right? I think a lot of the recent number one recruits haven't necessarily – been the number one guy for their teams right out of the shoot. It's a whole different ball of wax for Spillina this year. Yeah, and you know he's a guy that I think thrives on that. You know, he, he's had he's unique in that. You know, he was on ESPN when he was what a middle, uh, elementary schooler, a middle schooler on that uh, MLL um, skills competition. You know, he's he's been in the the World Series of Youth Lacrosse that was on TV. So he's kind of grown up in this era of. Uh, he's been in the spotlight, and, and I think he thrives on it. And you know, he doesn't feed into it, but he, you know, he's not scared of it, or the pressure doesn't get to him. And you know, I think you look at that game against Maryland, which first of all was a treat to have, you know, a number one versus number twenty-two as, as kind of the matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously that's normally number reserved for the top offensive player at Maryland, but with Brett Maycar getting that and, and kind of having those two historic numbers uh, go mano mano was kind of cool to see those jerseys. But, you know, I think you have to like the way that he played that. You know, he didn't get a ton of touches. I think he would want the ball to get to him more. And that's just, I think, you know, the way that the Maryland defense dictated play. But he didn't, you know, maybe like what you saw in that first game where, where he had that bad shooting day, he didn't try to make too much happen. You know, he let the game come to him. Um, him and Makar had some battles. He obviously had a goal that was just, you know, if you've watched the replay of that goal, you're still probably wondering how that happened. Um, that was just pretty incredible. He didn't turn the ball over, which I thought was huge. And you know, there was a few times where he got kind of hung up behind the crease and made some really awesome feeds. You know, out to, you know, there's the one to Leo that, that began the game. So you have to really kind of appreciate that he's a freshman, but he's a calming influence already. He's the guy. He plays calm. He plays beyond his years, and I think that's really the value that you see in a player like him. Is that you know. You could talk about what his ceiling is as a player, but if you think about his floor, you know, I mean, there's there's certainly no chance that he's going to be, you know, a quote bust um, because of the way that I think he loves the game so much and just his IQ and just calming presence. You know, there's that's really really mature for you know being a, a true freshman out there. No, I mean, obviously, his dad uh, Joe has been around the game uh, for ages and very successful as the Stony Brook women's head coach. So he's. I mean, he's been in it literally his whole life, and we can see it out there. And Matt is right. Like, if you have not seen, like, if you saw the the behind the back goal during the game, you're like, oh wow, that's that's excellent behind the back goal. If you've seen the low angle replay behind him, it's it's an absurd goal. It doesn't make doesn't really make any sense how he pulled it off. So I, I urge anyone to go Google that one, Matt, because like like the physics of everything that was going on, just watching that that low angle, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me when I saw it. Yeah, for sure. And it's you know speaking to his you know maturity you know that's not just someone of desperation i'm going to see what happens you know that's a player who knew exactly where he was in the field you know he purposely looked off to to kind of get a car shifting his body one way mm-hmm. and then knew how to place it right in that corner you know that's a 
that's a play from for someone who is kind of mature beyond their years. Yeah, from you know some of the great players over the years, and I don't know who to particularly attribute this to, but I'm sure there's many that said it. You don't need to look at the goal. You know where that is. That's not going to move. So you look wherever you want, and uh, and you can shoot it at the goal, which is kind of what he did on that one. Matt Kinnear inside lacrosse is our guest. So you've seen Cuse now. Uh, we're four games into the orange season. Some teams just started over the weekend and have only played uh, a game or two, Matt. What, what do you think the orange ceiling is this year? Can they make the playoffs? Is the ACC going to be too tough for a young bunch? What do you make out of where Syracuse might slot in this year? Yeah, it's real interesting. We were talking about this, you know, a few of us in the inside lacrosse offices actually this morning. And, you know, I think they're firmly going to be this kind of NCAA tournament bubble team. You know, whether that's bubble in or bubble out is going to depend on some numbers and then having to get, you know, looking at North Carolina, you know, coming up here, having to get, you know, a win against the North Carolina, you know, now or later in the year or one of these kind of ACC teams. But to me, like, they're kind of matching what my expectations were. And I think that's going to be hanging around this back half of the top 20 most of the year. They have, like, this roster that, you know, I think people have, there's a lot of promise that showing a lot of, you know, promising things. Maybe it's not quite there yet in terms of their conference, you know, the, the Notre Dames, the Dukes, Virginia, obviously, and we saw what Virginia did this past weekend. So getting wins in those situations is going to be very difficult for this team right now. But like you said, they have Will Mark. Um, so I think they're going to be hanging around that 15 to 20 spot and going to need to steal some wins here. Um, but if you look at this team as kind of a building block for the future, you have to be really excited if you're a Syracuse to cross that. Because, you know, there's still the transfer portal out there. There's these guys are only going to get older and better. And, you know, this is a team, when we're looking at the 24 and 25 season, is going to be really dangerous. Right now, they're kind of in that, you know, we, we got to do some work and, and get some luck and some bounces fall our way in order to get to the NCAA tournament and, you know, get some wins against teams that maybe we shouldn't on paper beat. But you have to feel pretty good. And I think you probably are. This team is either meeting or slightly exceeding your expectations right now. Yeah, and uh, you look at the way the schedule it is, and it's heavily uh, loaded early with home games and weighted heavily later with road games. You got Duke and Carolina uh, the next two weeks. That's two of your three ACC home games this year. So if you want some of those wins, like the opportunities are there, like right now, in a way that they won't be there as uh, easy later on uh, in the season. Matt Kinnear, inside lacrosse, is with us. Uh, all right, Matt, uh, stretching it out, looking at the country. Everybody now has played at least one game. Who's popped to you? Is it is it the standards we thought coming in? You know, Virginia, uh, Notre Dame, those Ivy League teams with Cornell and Princeton, you know, Maryland a little bit, or has anybody else uh, popped out to you that you think might be in the mix when we're talking about things on Memorial Day? You know, a team that I'm going to just bring up just because I don't think they were in the national conversation as much ahead of the season is Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're a team that, and this weekend we're going to get, I'm going to be down there watching this game. You know, they have the, as big of a test as it looks like you'll see all season when they play Virginia um, in the Pacific Coast shootout down there in Florida. And, you know, Ohio State is a team that, you know, had a lot of players added through the, the transfer portal. You know, a guy that people in Syracuse will know from his, his time at West Jenny is Marcus Hutchins. And, um, you know, he adds a lot with Bobby Van Buren on their defense. So it's going to be a defense that, like, has the ability to – have two different guys who can cover a number one. So you can basically erase two attackmen if you want to. And they just have so much depth on their offense. You know, Jack Myers is an attackman who puts up a ton of points, but he does it in an understated kind of way. And I think that really plays into 
you know, Ohio State, the, their mentality and, you know, just if they're going to have him as their guy, but he's going to be more of a glue guy that makes everyone else better. Um, I think their team that's going to be pretty dangerous and, you know, might be hanging around there come Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, Ohio State, we'll see how they do because they, they've uh, been kind of notorious of late for hot starts and, you know, fizzling uh, mm-hmm. late in the season. So we'll see if they can avoid that uh, uh, this year. And you said it, you'll be down in Florida this week and always kind of cool when the, these events are out there and, you know, growing the game and the whole thing. Ohio State and Virginia and Naples, Florida uh, this Saturday. And, like, the events are great and all that, but uh, we talk about this all the time, Matt, with limited schedules in lacrosse, with how important the RPI is with selecting the tournament and, and how much it gets baked in with, with conferences early in the year and the fact that North Carolina just lost to Ohio State this past weekend. Like, this is a huge game when it's going to come down to, like, RPIs within the ACC, within the, uh, the Big Ten, uh, come Selection Sunday here in a few months. Yeah, it's it's really, um, it's a giant math problem when it comes down to it. Yeah. Like, it's, and, you know, you looked at, I remember talking to Ohio State coach Nick Myers last year before they played Cornell. And, you know, that was an early season game. And he was saying, like, hey, we realize that this game might be, you know, kind of our make it, break it to get into the NCAA tournament. So that's just crazy to think that, you know, you're, you know, that was a March 5th game last year. Ohio State actually ended up losing that game and, and still made it in. But it's crazy that you have to think of that with every single game you schedule. What's going to be the, you know, the implication for, for my RPI, for my conferences, strength of schedule, for all of these kind of butterfly effects that happened. And, you know, last year was such a weird year with the way that the Ivy League dominated that and the ACC, you know, for the first time forever, basically was not the beneficiary of that. Um, so, yeah, the implications are not just limited to these two teams when it, when it face off on a Saturday night. Yeah, it, it spirals out and it spirals out quick. Like, the Ivy League had basically two great weekends last year, and it held up for the entire rest of the season. Like, those two weeks made the entire uh, rest of the year for them. It didn't matter who won the, the league games. They basically all went 500 in the league, pretty much, uh, how it went last year, and it got them almost all into the tournament. Lastly for you, Matt, you're going to see this Virginia team in person. Um they, they put up 25 against Harvard last weekend and, and basically yawned their way through the fourth quarter. They, they could have put up uh, whatever they felt like last weekend. Like, is anyone out there, can anybody slow down this Virginia offense, or is that uh, going to be the top unit, you think, in college lacrosse this year? Oh, boy. Can anyone slow down their offense? I don't think so. Um, I think the only thing that stops Virginia right now is an injury. You know, I, I really think that, you know, obviously in the tournament, things get a little bit different. Things get weird and things get wacky. But, you know, when it comes to Virginia's prospects of a, of a you know, deep May run, um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to slow them down. You know, I was really concerned when, you know, Pete Osala was in the preseason. You know, there was a little bit of talk of injury and, you know, he was wearing a sling uh, during one of the scrimmages. And if he goes down and that ball, and that offense doesn't get the ball as often, or you know he's not able to spark some of the offense that he does off the faceoff, that would be something that would be you know dangerous for Virginia. But barring injury, and you know God forbid we don't want anyone to get injured, I don't see any team that you know defensively can handle the Cavaliers. Yeah, like Lasalle may not be the best faceoff guy in the country, but he's the most dangerous when it when it's instant offense. And uh, momentum stuff. So he is uh, he is huge to keep healthy. He's been he's been there forever too. It's unbelievable how long he's yeah, been. There. He's a freak of nature too. Um, you know he he was we didn't know if he was even going to play, and then he comes out and you know he, he's playing till the final minute in, in a shootout, and he's putting up points and, and winning all these faceoffs. I don't know how he does it. I don't know, but he's been there. He's been there too long from a from a Syracuse perspective, <laughs> I think. All right, Matt, always good to chat lacrosse with you. Enjoy the trip down to Florida this weekend, and uh, I'm sure we'll do this again before too long. All right. 
Will do. Thanks for having me. All right. That is Matt Kinnear. He is the editor and chief of Inside uh, Lacrosse. We'll be covering Ohio State and Virginia this past week. He was at uh, Cuse in Maryland uh, last weekend. Uh, man, like lax seasons don't start slow, do they? It's February 22nd today. That means it will be February 25th on Saturday. Boom. Carolina next week. Duke next week. Hopkins last week. Maryland. The Orange are they're in it now. And, you know, Matt said it. Like, I know this. Syracuse ain't rolling through this season undefeated, clearly. Uh, but, you know, their best chances are gonna, probably going to be to eke into the tournament or be right there, hopefully, if things turn around from last year. Well, in order to be right there in May, you're going to have to be there this week. Like, you got to go win Saturday or next Saturday. You <laughs> talk about must wins and how they're not so much the case in basketball. In lacrosse, it is, man. Like, you get a ton of opportunities if you're Syracuse. If you're an ACC team, you get a ton of opportunities. Well, you got to start taking advantage of them, and that chance will come for the Orange uh, this uh, Saturday. Programming note, due to uh, the closeness of the game times with basketball and lacrosse on Saturday, you will be able to listen to lacrosse right here on ESPN uh, Radio here in the Qs, and basketball will be over on TK as uh, per normal. They're, the times are too close. No pregame show with X on uh, Saturday. We will be uh, back Q Sports Talk only uh, postgame after the game for basketball on uh, Saturday, me and Devo after the pit game. That's looking too far down the line because we got a game tonight. We'll talk much more about Cuse and Clemson when we uh, roll along. We'll talk to the Tigers color analyst. He is Tim Beret. We'll do that at 3.30. Right now, we'll take a break on this hour brought to you by William Attar. Hurt in a car? Call William Attar at 444-4444. Back after this, QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio. <laughs> 